is Andy Wakefield, and this is the Andy Wakefield Podcast. This is a place where stories are told that have never been heard before. I'm just telling you data points that are happening real time in our world right now. Right, but the chances of there being a, you know, much as we all can fear it and even make, you know, you know, imagine a dystopian scenario, the chances of a global collapse of the nature that you're hinting at is very not impossible. But and yet unlikely. it's already happening. We're under lockdown in Australia till 2022. Ireland has already said that capitalism needs to go away. Greece, it's happening. They're already doing a second lockdown in Europe. The UK is under tremendous constraints, socioeconomic constraints with a second wave, quote unquote. We have already Oregon now, the governor of Oregon, Oregon is shutting down Oregon. I mean, at what point do we say, oh, this is no longer rubbish, but there's some validity in some of the data points that we're seeing that are indicating that we have some very real concerns here that need to be addressed. Right, but, but all this, where all this is heading toward is state-based vac- vaccine and mask mandates. That's where this is all headed. And government stipends, because if they do a second lockdown, which Biden has already said he's going to do, then they go for a second round of CARES Act. They do more loans to small businesses that are going to go bankrupt anyway. And then three months later, they're going to come in and forgive the debt and say, give up your property and your land and we'll forgive all of your debt. And now everyone gets a governmental monthly stipend, which means the end of democracy. Why, why are we not? Why are we having this conversation? Why are we not recording? This? We are recording. Okay. Well, that's... <laughs> but I, I think that I want to like to focus more narrowly on the, the health freedom aspects, which sure. is. The, the, what's coming now, today, are mask mandates um, and business shutdowns. What's going to come in about six months, you know, when the when they run out of, you know, short for the new vaccines, will be will be uh, not vaccine mandates, but uh, uh, a carrot and stick. If you want your life to get back to normal, you have to be vaccinated. Well, that's already happened with the announcement of 56 airlines on Friday that are now going to require vaccine records to travel, combined with the fact that Bill Gates now controls all the manufacturing for all the COVID vaccines. Well, Laura, there's 211 vaccines, Laurie, that I don't just don't, I don't, I don't buy that. He controls it all. I mean, I mean, he'll be he he will be I can send you the articles. I mean, he, it's it was announced in April. He's now going to be in charge of manufacturing for the covid vaccines. I guess the ones that are going to be first through the pipeline. So that would be Pfizer, Moderna, you know, whatever else is coming out that's so safe and effective per their data and their rhetoric. So, you know, we don't want to be the boy that cried wolf, but we also right. don't want to be. Right. But, but there will be. But the, one of the reasons there are vaccine mandates and mass mandates, for that matter, is because the the country is relatively evenly divided uh, in the sense that there are ha- approximately half the people that want to not only want a vaccine but want it mandated. There are half that won't take it and don't want a mandate. I think the numbers masks. of the not taking it are going up higher. In the short run, the only way. I mean, the people. This is, you know, it's a little cliche-ish, but the people, the grassroots, the people, you know, in the blue states mostly have to just get on the phone to their local, whether it's their local county sheriff or their local mayor, and just say, you will not get one dime, you will not get my vote. 
there will be no mandates and, and a significantly larger number than half the people have to do that. Well, welcome to the Andy Wakefield podcast. My name is Lori Gregory. Andy, we're here today with DC attorney Jim Moody, who is, of course, a big part of 1986 The Act, your most recent film, which is so brilliant, 1986theact.com. Please go watch it because no matter who your lawmakers are, you need to know the history of vaccine policy in America. We're trying to talk about what is the call to action here. And Andy, I'd like to know your thoughts on that since you have such a strong base that understand the brilliance that you have been a part of in calling out vaccine concerns for decades. What is the call to action? Do we do we have health freedom advocates start calling their blue team governors, their blue team lawmakers, if they're in those states and saying, I absolutely am not going to take a COVID vaccine? What do we do? Yeah, now is not the time to capitulate. Now is not the time to concede. Now is the time to to preserve that position that health freedom is absolutely essential and that people are not going to yield in the face of all of this hype. The hype that we're seeing now is about the apparent efficacy of the forerunners in the vaccine kind of market, and that is, you know, 90% plus uh, effectiveness. What does that mean? We really don't know what that means. And these are press releases, not um, scientific papers. Uh, the other thing is that they really don't go to the heart of the issue, which is safety. And we are using, these proposed to use systems that have never been used in vaccines in humans before, messenger RNA-based vaccines, adenovirus-based um, Frankenstein vaccines. And what, I think what we're going to see, we, we know they're going to, these, these vaccines are going to get approval. Some of them are going to get approval. They're going to be used widely. And we're going to see, in my opinion, we're going to see, even in the leading contender, we've seen two trials put on hold because of serious adverse reactions. We've not been given any reason at this stage that I'm aware of for the resumption of those trials, whether or not those injuries were ascribed to the vaccine or not, whether they were deemed to be coincidence. Uh, the resolution of that specific scientific issue, we've not had that. And yet it seems that they're marching full steam ahead and going onto the market. My prediction is going to be, again, using the 1986, the act as an historical insight into what can happen, what can go wrong. We're going to see problems. And I don't believe those vaccines will have more than six months on the market before they are withdrawn. We're going to see, I mean, if people are going to look for classic vaccine adverse reactions, you may not see that. You're going to see new reactions, reactions that haven't been seen before because we're using systems, vaccine systems that have not been used before. And all of this is all prediction. I, this is all based upon historical precedent. But I, I think we've got to be very, very careful going forward. And, and uh, a lot of people are already extremely cautious about this. I've seen, you know, just now reading about Fauci saying a vaccine's only as good as the number of people who are going to take it, and it has to be a very large number of people, certainly uh, a majority to achieve anything like vaccine herd immunity necessary. So we've already seen expressions of concern to the extent that over 56% of Americans are not going to take it. And I think that number is going to grow and grow and grow, particularly as people are forced into that position. So now is the time to 
strengthen your own resolve, demand accountability, demand fully informed consent, demand that this is not mandatory, and resist. Um, people need to resist because the consequences are too great if we don't. And there is some drastic, unforeseen, adverse reaction that is going to affect a great number of people. Right, but uh, well, let me talk for a moment how unprecedented, at least the first two vaccines are, Pfizer and Moderna, the, the plat so-called platform, third generation platform, does something that's never been done in humans, which is uh, uh, enter into the body mRNA, messenger RNA, DNA, you know, genetic material itself. There's before a, a, like a live virus vaccine or even a killed virus vaccine such as used with measles and polio. That's little more than a mild version of the disease, even going back to the various types of smallpox vaccinations, mild or killed version of the disease. You know, that's, that is child's play compared to injecting into the body genetic material designed in a laboratory. This is, it's beyond Frankenstein of just assembling body parts. It's reprogramming the fundamental software in the body. Uh, and they're going to—they're looking at people for seven weeks. Who's to say that the we won't all turn into gray goo in twelve weeks? I mean, it, it is so potentially dangerous and so unprecedented. It's like putting in hackable software onto your computer and deleting all the firewalls. Mm, sounds I mean, a lot like Dominion. Sounds like uh, Dominion uh, voting voting software. But there's two precedents that are being set right now, Jim. They are now precedents being set where there is governance from guidance documents, which is not law, but it's happening. And you've seen it happen. And we've talked about that. And there is now press releases being substituted for scientific papers. So if both of these things are happening, which are short circuiting the, 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 the accountability system, then how are we to put the science on trial so that we even really know the truth of what's going on here? Well, this is, you know, there's, in the, in the short term, the Trump administration has an opportunity to, through the regulatory process, demand a, a much higher, and, and insist on in the licensing process, even for an emergency use authorization, a much higher degree of transparency. And um, he has the power just through his pen to require a degree of disclosure that would uh, provide at least independent researchers full access to the same data as these independent safety monitoring boards have. But still, that, that falls so short of where we need to go. Because you know, a, a six-week trial, even if we had 100% transparency from that, it's only a six-week trial. Um, you, you can't fix an inadequate trial by making every bit of data transparent. Because the problem may come at 12 weeks, or 24 weeks, or five years. Because you are altering the body's basic genetic code forever. I think, right, Jim, the people who know this are those people who are in line to get the vaccine first, the first responders, the doctors and the nurses. And they are, from what I'm reading, increasingly saying, absolutely not, we're not touching it. We are aware of what's going on. We're aware of the limitations and the hazards of this vaccine, or we are aware of the potential hazards. We don't even know what the actual hazards are, but we are aware of uh, the potential for the very reasons you've set out yet, that you know, we're in doing something we've never done before, worse than Frankenstein vaccines, and they're not going to take it. And this was, I mean, you saw the failure of the 
H1N1 2008-2009 vaccine uptake because the first responders said no. And when the rest of the public see the first responders, the cognoscenti saying no, they're going to say no as well. And that's when it fails. Well, that's that's another thing the Trump administration can do is publish the data on who takes the vaccine, the demographics, if you will, and who takes the vaccine voluntarily. You know, it's like if we see doctors in mass stopping smoking, for example, that's a pretty good clue that smoking is bad for you. So if we see, you know, the uptake of the vaccine amongst the doctor class, who is all entitled to it first in line, is 10%. That's pretty powerful information. That's part of, I would argue, the informed consent should be something about the demographics of who's deciding voluntarily to take it. Yeah, but we all know in this censorship world, as we've watched doctors and scientists coming out to challenge the data and the reality of the threat that this COVID virus supposedly provides, they are being censored. So how are we even going to know the truth? Uh, Again, in the short run, this is something the Trump administration can do on the way out, is insist on 100% transparency. Um, And that's something, by the way, that people can do at the state and local level, is to say the state, by legislation, you know, can say, uh, certainly we're, we're going to, like New York, you know, Governor Cuomo has been cranky about the Trump vaccine. He can say, well, before that's approved for use in New York, we have to have 100% transparency and double or triple the follow-up that, uh, that FDA is doing. Whereas the state always has the right to insist on greater safety standards than the federal government wants to impose. Andy, they, is they, that- they can't, they can't do less, but they can always add more. But is that practical from a scientific perspective? I mean, don't isn't isn't the fox already guarding the hen house? How do we implement that? Especially, obviously, President Trump has his plateful, this saber rattling of Amendment Twenty Five, and having him removed from office early because he's crazy, which of course just sets up the administration for getting Biden out quickly and putting Harris in the presidency, which is what is rumored to be plotted anyway. How scientifically, I mean, it seems to me that one of the things about scientific process is that it doesn't move, it, it glaciers pass it. So how, how, how could that, is that practical? Is that a, a real possibility? Right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not doubting what you're saying, Jim, with the stroke of a pen. I'm just trying to understand scientifically how that would work. You've been listening to the Andy Wakefield Podcast. To continue the conversation, go to 1986theact.com slash membership, where for $5 a month, you can subscribe and access the Andy Wakefield Podcast in its entirety and much more.